Haven't we all heard the advice, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life? Eric and I are not so sure that that's the best advice or the most practical advice or the advice that truly works because as you will hear, some days, no matter what the job is, metaphorically, you need to clean the bathrooms. So if you're trying to figure out how to balance your work, your passion, your hobbies, and maybe even your wobbies, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. I've got the best idea. What's that? Let's open a CrossFit gym. That would be awesome. I love working out. I love geeking out about CrossFit. I think opening a CrossFit gym would allow me to pursue my passion. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. But, wait a second. Uh, what time do you think we have to open? Uh, we'd have to... Start the first class by 5 or 5.30. So I'd have to get up at like 4.30 every day? Yep. Hmm. Um, who's going to clean the bathrooms? Well, I, if the business is doing well enough, uh, you could hire someone. But probably for the first couple of years, that would be you and me. Hmm. And cleaning up all the chalk off the floor and doing the books and doing all the scheduling and stuff. Yeah, that would be you. That's not really CrossFit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm passionate about that. That's the business side of it all. Ah. But you know what they say? What do they say? They all say, find something you're passionate about and turn it into your work. And then you'll never have to work a day in your life. I'm not passionate about cleaning the bathrooms and scheduling and doing the books and paying the bills. I'm passionate about CrossFit. So I think that's the problem with that advice. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately because I've been hearing that advice. I don't know. It's just crossed my radar again several times. This idea of uh, find something that you would do even if you don't get paid for it and turn that into your life's work. And I think uh, that's not always great advice, I don't think. There's actually a lot of talk and even study and articles about how that that yeah do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life while well-intentioned is just not what we should be preaching to our kids and to ourselves why not because it's always there's always going to be the bills to pay of the work. There's always going to be the cleaning of the bathrooms metaphorically. There's always going to be these other things that are not exactly what you are passionate about. So what? Uh, and I, you have to do them anyway. <laughs> right. So I, I still don't know that why that uh, diminishes that advice. I mean, I have a different take on why it diminishes that advice. So you're saying because... 
even if you find something about which you are passionate, that doesn't mean that there's not going to be the grind elements of it. And, and that's true, for sure. So I suppose that's one reason if you have this illusion that if you're passionate about CrossFit, therefore you open a CrossFit gym, therefore every moment you will be doing the one thing about which you are passionate, well, that's just I, that's just silly, right? Because there's always going to be bills to pay and bathrooms to clean, metaphorically. But I don't think that that's the whole reason why it's bad advice, actually. Okay. What do you, why do you think it's bad advice? Because I think that we need to make room in our lives for things that we do just for the joy and the hobby of it. And maybe this goes a little bit to my thing that I feel like I don't really have any hobbies, though I'm working on it, mm. working on it. But we don't, we don't need to take everything that we do for joy and pleasure and turn it into our life's work because then by the nature of it, it changes. And this goes a little bit to your point, right? It, come, it will then come with the other parts that are not the fun part. But I also think that it takes, or at least it has the potential to take some of the joy away of it. Like I, I think about a friend of mine who is a avid amateur photographer and she loves this work and she's really, really good at it. And she does it as a creative outlet and she does it for the joy and the pleasure of it. If that suddenly became the way that she had to pay the bills, it has to change the nature of the work. Yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking back to my post-college years. And one of the things that I loved then and I still love and I'm still very passionate about is skiing. So I took a gap year and went and taught skiing and thinking that how awesome that would be. And, and it was. But you know what? You know what I did on my days off? What? I didn't ski. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was sort of the last thing I wanted to do after after working at it for whatever it was, four or five, six days in a row when I had a day off. I didn't want to ski. I wanted to do something else. So I just think that that sort of speaks to that when you when you do take something that you're passionate about in that way and turn it into work, it often will change the nature of that. Exactly. And I, I think that by by giving advice to people and giving our advice to our kids that find the thing about you or about which you are most passionate and turn it into your work, I just think we need to leave room in our lives to do things for the fun of it that aren't our work. And I think that a lot a lot of times that just takes the pressure off of of doing that thing like you were saying if if your friend had to turn photography into a way to pay the bills it it would take a lot of the fun and joy or certainly would have the p potential to take a lot of the fun and the joy out of that thing I, I mean I know there are people out there though I'm not entirely sure how many of them I've met, but I know there are people out there for whom their work, <clears throat> excuse me, is that activity 
their work is predominantly that single activity that they love or that single passion that they love. You know, the the people who are truly, I, I don't know, making a living as an artist. But I really do think that as we've been talking about, it has the potential to change the nature of that in a very profound way. So why do you think it is that we as a culture want to do that? Why do we want to turn our passions into our work? I think that we're sort of sold this image often of of work as often someone in a in a cubicle or someone you know, cubicle with fluorescent lights sort of slaving away and grinding away and how that is something that that we're trying to move away from as we become more of a information society, more of a society focused on personal growth and personal development. You know, if you think back a hundred years, even, you know, 50, 60 years, people didn't really think about that. They ran their farm, they ran their business, they came home. And I don't even, I don't even know that there were like personal development books. But now as we get into that sort of culture, I think we're being told that more and more. And I think it's, it's as, as you're saying, kind of leading us down a uh, a path that may not be to our own benefit. I'm not sure what I'm not sure I'm understanding what you're saying. <laughs> what was the original question? I don't know. I don't know where you went. <laughs> I went off on a way off on a tangent. But getting back to the the main point, that is finding your passion and turning it into your career, is not necessarily the best advice. So what is? I think. The advice is there's it, it depends. So there can be different ways of breaking it down. So we're going to have our work uh, for the vast majority of us. We have to work to pay our bills. So that's area number one. Then we can have our our hobby, something that we do purely for the joy of it. And then there's also sort of a third area is where we could have something that that we've coined in the past, a wabi, which is a sort of work hobby or maybe a side hustle. You know, maybe your friend, the photographer, can have her day job. She can do some photography, but maybe put up some of her photos, frame them, put them in a gallery, and if they happen to sell, you know, that's, that's bonus money, but she's still doing it primarily for the passion, and that would be something that I might call like a lobby or a side hustle. I think this is all very, very nuanced because I don't want to I don't want to advocate for getting into a place where the work is just to pay the bills like this topic is so complicated. But I do think that it's it's mission critical to your life to find work that feels meaningful, that feels important, that feels satisfying. So there's kind of that piece of it. So it's not. It's not doing work just to pay the bills. Absolutely. And, you know, going off on another tangent. Really? The, you? <laughs> yeah. 
but I think it's a, it's a meaningful tangent on one of the nuances that you're talking about. And that is, and this is something that the doctor is in that I've been wrestling with personally, and it's, it's not necessarily finding your passion or finding work that fits your passion. It's just bringing your passion, bringing your energy to your work. Like you can, you can go to your job and you can just sort of muddle through, but you can also bring, bring your best self to your job. You can put forth your best effort. You can. It's the Jimmy Buffett song. Yeah. Little shoeshine boy, right? Little shoeshine boy? Never felt low down. He's got the dirtiest job in town. Isn't that the Jimmy Buffett song? No. Oh, no, no. That's NRBQ. Sorry. I don't. I don't know that song at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the um the Jimmy it, Buffett song with the the street <laughs> sweeper. Right. He's just happy sweeping the street. Right, right, right. I was confused about uh, oh. another song. But and, that and so, the, the banker who's miserable. Exactly because the street sweeper, he is a sweet sweeper in that song. I right. So. Uh, recognizes that. His job, his mission is to make the world a prettier place, to make the world a more beautiful place. And in the song, he talks about feeling this obligation might be too strong a word, but this desire to bring his best self to the work that he does. So I think that kind of goes to what you're talking about. Yeah. And along those lines, uh, I came across some thinking and research by Carol Dweck, who we talk about frequently. She's the coiner of growth mindset, yeah. coiner of the phrase growth mindset versus fixed mindset, where just quick recap, a fixed mindset is where, particularly as a child, you may say, oh, I'm uh, bad at math. And if you say I am bad at math, you will be much less likely to be able to study and improve, and you sort of have that fixed mindset. But if you have a growth mindset, even you may say, I'm not very good at math, but I know that if I learn and work and put the effort into it, I can be better at math. That's it's that that's almost overcomplicating it. Yeah. Because it, in its simplest form, it's just knowing you can get better at stuff. Right. Right. So it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I know if I work really hard at this, blah, blah, blah. It's really just, I know I can improve these skills. And either you recognize that you can improve those skills and that's part of the growth mindset, or you think your abilities are, are fixed. And uh, what they've shown is that people and kids who just kind of accept that, yeah, if I, if I work on this, I'll get better at it do better. There's a self-perpetuating improvement cycle that kicks in that's incredibly powerful. Exactly. And what Carol Dweck has been looking at, I, I think a little more recently or post that initial research, is that the same can be said of your passion, not just necessarily skills and, and abilities, but you can have a fixed mindset, which is if you are a, a pick a job uh, engineer and you say, well, I went to school, but I'm not very passionate about engineering, but it's my job. 
you would have sort of a, a fixed mindset about your your passion around this. But if you were like, you know, I keep studying and keep looking at this engineering and I keep improving myself and getting better and bringing more passion to it and more of a growth mindset to just my yeah, my inner passion for this, you can actually become more passionate about your work. I think this goes perhaps a little bit to the the fact that we are wired to want to learn and improve and grow. It's in it's in us that is wiring in us. So I wonder if that that factors into that a little bit, right? Passion, as you just described it, includes improving, growing, getting better, learning new things, improving your skill set. So I think there's some little bit of a cycle there too. Bringing passion encourages you to do more, learn more, experience more, which fuels that. And I, you know, we keep using the word passion, which I don't even know what that word means in this context. We didn't even start there. That's a stupid word. <laughs> is, it, is there a word that you would use instead? I, I don't know. Passion seems cliched and simplistic. And what exactly does that mean? All right. Well, what are some other words that we can use? Like enthusiasm enthusiasm it's almost just a, that feeling that f and this is and this is the problem well oh. this is one of the problems okay. you ready yeah passion seems to suggest that you get up every day and all you want to do is whatever your job is is engineer things <laughs> all you want to do is engineer things all you want to do is clean the bathrooms at the crossfit gym all you want, I don't, I don't know about that, but that, that's, <laughs> and I think, I think we're being sold a little bit of a bill of goods around what meaningful work is supposed to feel like. That's my point. Mm, okay. Are we being told that meaningful work, satisfying work is something that every single day you're going to bounce out of bed and feel driven and passionate and you can't wait to do. I don't think it works that way no matter what your job is. And maybe I'm wrong. Listen, anybody who's listening, if you have a, a job, not a hobby, not a wobby, but a job that every single day you burst out of bed driven and excited to do the tasks, let me know because that's that's a job I'm looking for. I would, I would even say if you feel like that, nine out of ten days. <laughs> and, yeah. and one of the things that, that I ran across, and this was couched in the terms of entrepreneurship, but I think it applies to a lot of different jobs and things that we do and tasks that we have, is that a third of the time you're actually going to enjoy it. A third of the time, you're going to be sort of neutral or meh or, you know, yeah, it's okay. And a third of the time, you're going, you're going to, to be cleaning the bathrooms. You're going to be cleaning the bathrooms. You're going to be struggling, maybe even suffering a little bit. It, it's going to be the suck. And they just said that that's, that's entrepreneurship, but that's also, I think it also applies to a lot of different things, which is a pretty interesting way to look at it. And... 
I guess if you're in a place where, you know, you're, you're more than that of the sort of negative side, you know, then, then that's, that's a challenging place. If you're more than that on the positive side, then you're in a really good place, but there's always going to be some, some of all three of those aspects to work on. So there's some acceptance of that and realizing that, I, I don't know, I keep coming back to this, this metaphor, right? There are days when you're going to be in the zone and having impact and doing the parts of the work that you love. But if it's your work, there are going to be times when you're cleaning the bathrooms. Correct. So I guess where we're coming out is really looking at these three categories in your life, these three opportunities for categories in your life. So the first is figuring out what the work is. Right. Where's the work? And the second is what are the hobbies and maybe, maybe fighting the urge to take a hobby that you love and turning it into work. And then the third is looking for wobbies. And I don't like the word side hustle necessarily because it always makes me feel like a side hustle you're doing for the money. Right, a wobby is something more like your photographer friend who's more of a passion that also has some income potential. Right, like if you, well, you did used to. You used to coach a couple of CrossFit classes a week. Yeah, I would coach usually one one day on the weekend. And that would be three, usually three classes. Some days I would I would coach both days. That was six classes. That was a lot. So that was too much. That was too much. Uh, but I actually really enjoyed it. A day when I would coach three classes, that was that was really fun. I, I could bring some good energy by if it was two days in a row by that sixth class, I was like. Did I already teach you guys this? Did we go over that? Like, where am I? What's going on? And I was a little bit out of it. So, yeah, just uh, doing something, just that that little bit. It was a wobby. And you? Have you ever had a wobby? Have I ever had a wobby? I don't. I don't know. So would, would you call your book a wobby because you wrote it out of passion and interest and writing is something that you've always done and actually uh, your book uh, sells and, and every what every month we get a, a check from Amazon. It's awesome. Indeed. So yeah, I guess I would call at least my first book I would call a wobby because it was a labor of love and something I did for fun. The current book I don't know, I'm so deep in the throes of having bitten off more than I can chew trying to get this done. Right now, it's not feeling like a positive passion project, but uh, let's maybe when I get to the other side of it. So yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Um, but I don't know, maybe I need a wobby. Maybe you need a wobby. Well, you've often said you need a hobby too, but maybe you need a hobby that's a wobby. No, I don't. 
you just now that a hobby. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, <laughs> like uh, my work is so uh, all-consuming. The work that we do is so all-consuming for me and has so many different elements to it that I don't think I need a wabi. Um, so how, if someone has a hobby and what would you say is, are the sort of conditions or factors they should look at as, as far as like turning it into a wabi? I think you got to start out by being really careful that you're not going down the path of taking your hobby and turning it into work. So you got to set up some real guardrails around that. But there's so much out there that you can that you can do and everybody has these amazing skills and if you go back to what we were talking about around this idea of um, people having a desire to learn and grow what that means is that everyone has something to teach and share you know I'm thinking about a woman so in the middle of the pandemic Maddie and I took a cake decorating class online through Wilton, which is the company that makes uh, a lot of the cake decorating stuff. And if nobody has ever, if, if nobody knows this, they offer these very reasonably priced online classes. It was like 30 bucks for an hour of cake decorating. And the woman who led the session was fantastic. And this is a wobby for her. She loves cake decorating. They pay her to lead these classes virtually online. She does as many a week or a month as she feels like it. She's skilled at it. She's talented at it. It is not her work. And that's a true wobby for her. Yeah. So if there's, if there's something that you have as, as a hobby that you really enjoy, that you're good at, then you can either share it by teaching like I did with coaching, like this woman does with cake decorating. And we made some really fun cakes and cupcakes that were not very hard. So it's something yeah, you should look into. Uh, or like I was thinking about like Etsy is, is all about wobbies, right? People create these crafts, they create these works. And then the other thing is you never know, like your wobby could turn into your jobby, <laughs> could turn into something maybe that could be sort of the, at least for me, the, the holy grail of what I'm always looking for. But but that defeats the whole, that defeats the whole conversation right there. You just did the American thing to this. You just did the like, find something. This is the path. Do you realize you just did this? Find something you love to do and you're good at, figure out a way to share it and make some money. And then you might be able to turn it into your whole career. And then you know what happens? You'll hate it. Dude, you're cleaning the bathrooms and getting up at 4.30 and your passion for the thing might turn into something else. I'm just saying, be open to hobbies, be open to wobbies without an eye towards this is the thing that's going to transform my life and become my passion. And can't we just do stuff because it's fun? Yes. And I, I hear you. And I was sort of going with that you never know. But if you keep that never know in the back of your mind, you'll probably be 
looking for for a little bit doing it a little for a little bit of the wrong reason so you you are right that this you should focus just on doing this for the the joy the wabi and if you happen to share that a little bit and make a little money or however you you are able to turn it into a wabi dayenu that's enough <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But I do think the conversation is super nuanced because I do think we all need and deserve to do work about which we are passionate, about which we feel has an impact that fuels us in some way. That's our work. It's got to be work that's important. And if you don't have that, keep looking for that. We're all entitled to hobbies that we do literally just because they're fun. And then if there's something that you want to kind of play with in that gray area, something that's part hobby, part work, create yourself a wabi, and you can have all three. I'm going to push back at you for, for just a little bit because you said, you know, finding that work that you're passionate about or finding that something or trying something else. And I'm going to push back just a little bit and say that when it comes to our regular job it's not necessarily the what you do but it's it's how you do it it's how it's the attitude you bring all right i'm gonna bring a little bit of a of a metaphor i'm not sure if this is a metaphor but we as regular listeners may know have recently started playing some pickleball that's that's a hobby and I can get pretty competitive. I can get cranky. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm a flawed individual. (laughs) But when I'm playing pickleball, when I'm out there, I make a conscious effort to bring positivity, to bring joy, to be the type of person that of the, I don't know, dozen, 20 people that may show up, I want to be the type of person that, that, that people say, oh, good, I get to play this game with Eric right now. And even though I, you know, I may not be the best, I may not be as good at that, whatever, I may be better than them, I may oh, be I guess worse. Okay. Yeah, the point is, it's not necessarily the what, it's not the skill of, of it, it's not the even the pickleball itself, it's sort of the how, it's the, the energy that I bring. And that same thing can go to work, it's not necessarily the what, but it's the how. I'm gonna be the best street sweeper. I'm gonna be the best engineer. I'm gonna bring my best self to this. Can I say something? Yes. I totally agree and disagree. Okay. Absolutely, we have a lot of control, more than we think we do about how we show up for our work, for our hobbies, for our families, all the things. However, there is work that is in in environments that are really bad for people. And no matter how hard they try to show up and bring their best self, that is a bad situation or a bad job for them. They should get out. It is not, it is not fair to say to people, it's all on you, just show up with your best attitude, no matter what the work, no matter what the circumstances, no matter. So I really feel really strongly about not leaving on that note that, oh, it's all about you, whatever the work is, you know, you just show up as your best self and make it awesome. Absolutely. Uh, I I was talking about people 
in the middle of the bell curve, not at the extreme, like like you're saying. So, I, and I don't, I don't even know that that's an extreme. Mm. That's my point. Okay. You are entitled. Every one of us is entitled to seek work that feels meaningful. So I, I couldn't disagree with you more. And I know we're basically out of time, but it's it's not just make the best of it, whatever crappy thing you're doing. It's work. Find work that feels meaningful, knowing that every day you're not going to wake up, knowing that sometimes you're going to have to clean the bathrooms. <laughs> no matter what the job is, sometimes you're going to have to clean the bathrooms. But at the end of the day, you deserve and need work that feels meaningful to you. I think about teachers. So much of what our teachers do is metaphorically cleaning the bathrooms. So much of it. And yet, Every teacher I know gets up every day and does the work because they know they're having an impact. They know their work has meaning. So I think it's much more nuanced than that. And I just don't want to leave on a note of just show up as your best self and everything will be great. It's all on you. <laughs> right? Fair? Fair enough. One of our favorite things is to hear from you all, the members of the 99 Walks Pack and the Jetty Crew. We want your feedback, your questions, your ideas. We wanna know what we say that resonates and what we say and share that doesn't. So if you have a minute, give us a call and leave us a message or ask us a question. Number is so simple, we are reachable at 866 99 walks extension 3 866 999 2557 extension 3 we would love to hear from you